Chapter 9 Becky'd seen Rando very little since they'd made love in the basement. Before, he'd been on her couch all day long watching TV, but now that they'd finally broken their sexual tension, he'd lifted off in flight like an awakened bird. Each morning, Rando got up early to go out and explore the city. According to Alejandra, he was out looking for work, but Becky knew the truth. Their secret rendezvous had apparently been the only candle needed to start the flames of desire. And now her lover was gone, gone like all the other ones, out in the bars and stores and classrooms, looking for a better version of her, a younger one with thicker, tighter skin and a smaller, emptier brain. It'd been five days, and she'd only been alone with Rando once, and that brief moment had been like before. They'd just passed each other in the bathroom hall, and he'd not even looked up or grunted. What hurt the most was that it wasn't as if Rando were ignoring her. It was like he actually didn't notice her at all. His mind seemed preoccupied. His brightened eyes conveyed that clearly. It was the painful kind of rejection Becky had written about in high school. Back then, she'd only been copying her idols, taking cliches from songs and pretending they were her own emotions. But now those feelings clung to her skin like wet cotton and made uncomfortable sweat build beneath her arms and in the crack of her ass. They made her mouth feel spongy and taste like fish, and at night, they made her feel as cold as a dirt-covered snowbank. She'd switched from beer to vodka, then began mixing the vodka with juice to mask the taste of it in the morning when it was hardest to swallow. She'd left the peanut butter on the shelf and resorted to pizza at work for its convenience and warmth. In five days, she'd gained eight pounds and her tight pants no longer fit, so she switched to sweatpants, not even bothering to tuck in her uniform. And in the mornings, which for some reason came earlier and earlier, she vomited repeatedly. It was a Saturday. Becky was parked outside Mike's house with her dusty sunglasses over her eyes and her hair down and dripping wet. A coffee cup full of vodka and orange juice rested in her lap. Mike was in his yard, chasing one of his dogs around, trying to hook it with a leash. The dog's tongue hung out the side of its mouth, and its eyes bulged strangely. Becky looked on, unamused, as Mike failed to catch it, giving up and instead just throwing the leash and kicking the dirt. Mike stood in the yard with his hands on his hips, shaking his head at the yellow sun and clenching his eyes shut, forcing out a laugh. The dog waddled over to the fence line and began to pee. Mike walked back to his porch and gathered his things, and then walked down the sidewalk, slamming the gate behind him and climbing into the passenger seat. Hey, he said in an exhausted grunt. Moron got me out of breath. Becky drank the rest of her cup and rolled it under her seat. She put the car in drive, pulling out into the street with a chirp of her tires. Mike braced himself against the dash. You all right, he asked, a little startled by their speed. Becky just nodded, holding the wheel with both hands. Mike realized the situation and grabbed his seat adjustment, sliding his chair back as far as it would go, and then in one quick motion, 
he grabbed the wheel and swung his leg over the center console, pushing down on the brakes and steering the car over to the curb. This was a move he used often while riding in a car with his drunk father. You're fucking bombed, he said in a disappointed sigh. He put the car in park with his free hand and then pulled the keys from the ignition and sat back in his chair, looking at her sternly. This was hard for Mike to do, because even in her busted state, Becky still looked beautiful. More so, even. She was pale this morning. She looked soft and doughy. Her round face was damp with tears for someone else. Her sweatpants were covered in cat hair. She sat there so still, Mike thought she might have fallen asleep. But then she huffed and wiped her nose with the back of her hand, snorting. What's the matter? Mike asked. It's nothing, she said, shaking her head. It's gotta be something, he said. You can tell me. I won't tell anybody. Becky thought he sounded too young to understand. You won't get it, she said. Why? he asked. Because I'm a guy? Don't treat me like that, Becky. I... Mike stopped himself, realizing that he'd nearly said he loved her. Something he'd been wanting to scream for a long time. But this wasn't the right moment. She wasn't in the right mood. Becky pulled off her sunglasses and looked at him. Her eyes were the color of graham crackers, and the whites around them bulged like marshmallows. There were tears standing on her bottom lashes. As Mike reached a hand to touch her shoulder, the tears dove off one by one, falling onto her lap. Mike pulled her close to him and hugged her, rubbing her back. Becky was warm. He could feel her wet cheek sliding against his neck. He didn't want to let her go. I think I'm sick, Becky said. I keep throwing up and my stomach hurts. I'm sorry, Mike said, muffling his voice and burying his face in her shoulder. He turned and looked out his window. Is it a guy, he asked, not really wanting her to answer. Yeah, kinda, she said. What's his deal, he asked, distantly. He's just some rando dude. We fucked and now he won't talk to me. Mike shook his head. I don't get that. If I... Mike stopped himself again, this time almost letting it slip that if it were him in the situation, he would be delighted by their sleeping together and excited to do it many, many more times. What a dipshit, Mike said, staggering his voice. He sounds like a dipshit. Then he looked into his lap and bit his lip. Becky looked out her window. Thanks, she said, wiping her eyes. Maybe you're right. Mike decided to not go on, figuring anything he said would only drag him farther into a platonic zone of agony. He kicked open his door and got out of the car and walked around it, pulling open Becky's door and offering her a hand. I'll drive, he said. Becky stepped out of the car without argument and went around to the other side and climbed into the back seat, lying down and falling asleep within seconds. Mike threw his jacket over her and started the car, pulling back out onto the street. He'd only driven a handful of times before, and kept his speed well under ten miles an hour, braking at each intersection to look both ways. They were going to be very late to work today.